Welcome into the bank, a show which covers the Baltimore Ravens and the NFL. The bank is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. All right, everybody, welcome back to another audio short from the bank. We're here to cover Mel Kuyper's first two rounds of the NFL draft, and we wanted to take a look at some picks that really stood out to us. Um, and I'm going to jump right off the board here. I was surprised when Jeremiah had Sim- or had Werfs at number four to the Giants, and I'm equally surprised to see that he's got Simmons going to the Giants here at number four. Um, and I'm not surprised because I don't think Simmons is worth it. I'm more surprised because it seems like we haven't seen any connection between Simmons and the Giants up to this point. Um, I think he's he's just that, you know, I talked about he, him being that rare combination of what he is, but um, the question is inside linebacker safety type guy, is that what the Giants really need? Um, they got a shot here at offensive tackle. They've got a shot here at wide receiver. Um, I think there's a good chance they could potentially shock the world if they can't get trade value for what they want out of it, but um, they should be putting word out that they could take anybody so they can try and maximize the value in that pick. Yeah, I think that I agree in the sense that Simmons is a top five player in this class, but perhaps the teams that are drafting the top five have bigger pressing needs than the kind of player that he brings. Um, So it would be a little surprising. I think maybe the Giants would try to trade back if possible if Simmons was the guy that they really wanted. But we'll see. Um, There's clearly very good prospects on the board there. So a lot of teams might be interested in moving up either for a quarterback or Simmons for one of the the offensive tackle of their choice. So I think that is a little bit of a surprising pick. Um, but you know, there are some options that the Giants would have in terms of you know making a pretty dynamic defense with a guy like Simmons. I know that they have a new like leadership of a guy, new head coach from the Patriots system. So maybe they want to kind of come in with a different approach. So you never know. And I wonder if you know, with some of these guys that we're talking about with these early picks and, and you know, whether or not the Lions trade this pick, um, if we start to see a coup to slide and, and what that does to some draft boards too. It seems like he's very consensus three or four pick. Um, and that could really throw a wrench into kind of where people are picking and where trades might be. Um, it's just something to keep an eye out on um, now that we're kind of talking about this. Yeah, I think the Detroit and Akuda like union has seemed to be like the per- match made in heaven. It's like the perfect fit. They need a cornerback, and he is a very good cornerback. I just think that three is very rich for a cornerback, even one who is as good as Jeffrey Akuda. Yeah, um, I agree. So you know, I think there could be a lot of movement in the top half of this draft. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the quarterbacks because. Kuiper has the same order of draft happening that Jeremiah had in terms of Herbert going over Tua. And I feel like you could just look at those two prospects and not even have them in the same like sentence in terms of what they can do. The only thing Herbert has is he's tall and he has a really strong arm, but his accuracy is like scattershot. He is not a very accurate quarterback. He can make downfield throws, but he can miss a lot of downfield throws too. And with Tua, it's just the opposite. He's a precision passer. I know he doesn't have the size that you probably want at a quarterback. He's like six foot. Um, but he 
can move around the pocket. He's athletic. Um, he just has a really good arm. It's not like he doesn't quite have the Herbert arm, but he has still an elite arm. He has great processing for the quarterback position. He goes from read to read. He knows exactly what he wants to do. He sees the field extremely well. And I just don't see how anybody in the right mind would take a quarterback like Herbert over a quarterback like Tua. I know the injury thing is a real concern. Teams have not been able to get that medical eval in, but at this point, you need to figure out if you really want to take a guy with the immense upside of Tua or a guy like Herbert who's like maybe Joe Flacco. Like, I mean, I like Flacco. He's a good quarterback, but I don't think Herbert's like going to be anything more than like a league average quarterback. Yeah, and wide receivers not the only or quarterbacks not the only spot that you see out of order here in Kuiper's draft, right? Yeah, so I think he has some interesting takes on the wide receiver position too. Um, so he has Jerry Judy going as the first wide receiver off the board at nine to Jacksonville, which is something that could happen. I think Jacksonville needs a wide receiver. I think Judy is a very good wide receiver. Personally, I have Lamb as a better wide receiver, but I could see that this kind of makes sense. Um, the one that really surprises me is Justin Jefferson going ahead of Henry Ruggs. And that's something that is definitely a unique thing. And maybe he's just trying to differentiate himself a little bit. Kuiper is kind of locked in, though, in terms of he hears a lot of things. So either he's being fed some information that may or may not be true, or maybe he knows something that other people don't. And Jason, Justin Jefferson might be the, considered the third best wide receiver in this draft. You know, he did test very well at the Combine. He had really good production. Um, I think the problem with Jefferson is, is he anything more than a slot receiver? And I think that's going to be the question that he's going to have to face in terms of what his position is going to be in the NFL. Yeah, I, you know, I think Kuyper's got these wide receivers all out of whack. I'd be, you know, if if CeeDee Lamb goes at 13 to the Niners, that's going to be a massive steal for them. Um, you know, I, I know the Raiders are linked to needing a cornerback, but if they let CeeDee Lamb slide past them, I would be absolutely stunned. I'd also be surprised to see the Jets take Wills over CeeDee Lamb. Um, he's just going to be one of those guys where a lot of people remember and see the film. And, you know, I, I mentioned this on the BSL um, forum, so we hope you guys can meet us there um, and, and chat about these kind of things. But at the end of the day, no matter what the need really looks like, NFL teams, particularly those that are often picking in the top 10, pick the sexy wide receiver type pick over the offensive tackle pick with regularity. Um, and I would just be absolutely stunned to see C.D. Lamb get to 13, and I'd be stunned to see Jefferson get taken above rugs. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm in agreement with that. I think that C.D. Lamb lasting that long is would be a crime, and, and whoever gets him is going to be very, very fortunate to have him on their team. And, and you know, and I think, oh, go ahead. I, I, I mean, maybe teams are coming around on on offensive line. I, I think we've seen offensive guards go higher and higher in drafts. I think. When you have an elite grade at an offensive tackle, that's a premium position too. So I think you could justify taking a guy like Wills. He's a very talented offensive tackle. I think he would be, you know, graded out as somebody who's a top 10 tackle in pretty much any class. And, or a top 10 player, I should say, in pretty much any class. And I'd say C. Lamb would too, obviously. But it's really just a matter of what you think you want to build your team around. Do you want to build it from the trenches out or do you want to build from the skill positions? So it's kind of like a, just a way you process and how you build teams. 
Yeah, I'd just be surprised to see the third offensive tackle taken before the second wide receiver. Um, and, and that will go for kind of a lot of positions. And that's the next pick that stands out to me is Chase on um, falling all the way to 16 of the Falcons. Um, just because, again, he was one of those guys that had a lot of buzz early on kind of in the profile. And maybe teams have soured on him a bit like I did um, when I watched him. You know, you just don't see that production like you should. Um, but at some point... Rushing the passer is something that's sexy, just like a wide receiver is sexy. Um, and are you really going to let what some people think is the second best pass rusher on the board fall all the way past the 15th pick in the draft? Um, and I know, you know, there's a lot of kind of rumblings that the Falcons and the Cowboys are seriously looking at Chase on. Um, but I wonder whether or not both the Falcons um, and the Cowboys are looking at be- having to trade up to take him um, and assuming that he's going to be off the board by the time their pick comes around. Well, I agree with you. I think Chason is clearly the second best edge rusher in this class, and he would, in my opinion, be a top 15 pick. Um, I think some teams might be worried about his lack of production, um, even more so than Gross Matos. You know, he didn't really put together the, the numbers that you might want. He's had limited playing time with some injuries. That could hurt his stock. Um, but I think if you look at the upside with him, he's, he's pretty, pretty special. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Um, I think the next thing that kind of surprised me, not you as much, would be that uh, uh, next wide receiver that's really stood out to me was Brandon Ayuk going, I think, at 22 in this mock. Yeah, um, he's got him at 22 to the Vikings. The Vikings, yeah, which is a little earlier than I anticipate him going. I see him more as like a top 45, 40 to 50 player in terms of where his overall value lies. Um more of a second rounder than a first rounder um convince me otherwise yeah well i think he stands out in the sense that he is now the fifth wide receiver coming off the board at the top 22 picks and kuiper's got him coming right after the eagles pick at 21 um i think ayak is maybe worth the 22nd pick um but i think that this is more virtue of the run on receivers the vikings having the guy that they like and taking him there so maybe that's Regor, maybe that's mims maybe it's a different guy here for the vikings um but if the board plays out that rugs jefferson judy and lamb are all off the board by 22 it would absolutely not surprise me to see either the vikings pick a wide receiver at 22 or some other team trade up to take a wide receiver at 22 and i think some teams could see ayuk being worth that um, I totally understand why there are some questions about that, but this to me is the thing about the draft that we're going to be watching, which is where are the runs going to be and how are those going to affect positions when those runs end up happening. Um, and that's why I'd be surprised to see the third offensive tackle go before the second wide receiver, for example, um, the third offensive and fourth offensive tackle going before the second pass rusher. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how those draft value dynamics of positions end up playing themselves out tomorrow night. Yeah, I think what surprised me more about Ayak going here in this mock draft is that I think the Vikings could land a, a very good corner here and have their choice of any of the top, well, I guess the top two have gone, but you could have any of the rest of the corners at this spot. And then you have a wide receiver three picks later you could choose from. I think Ayak will still be there. So yeah. I think what a, they need a cornerback more than they need a wide receiver. They don't have any cornerbacks. So. And I think you get this little bit of this weird thing with these mock drafts where certain guys want certain players to go to certain teams. 
and they make the picks happen in that way. Um, and I think we see a little bit of these next two picks that surprised me, um, which were Zach Bound going to the Patriots at 23. I think I, I'd be stunned to see the Patriots take Bound at 23 and not trade back, even if he was the guy that they really wanted. Um, and the other then is the, the Ravens taking Queen, you know, at 28. I, mostly because I don't think Queen's going to be on the board when the Ravens pick at 28. Um I think it's worth noting that Kuiper also has Murray ahead of Queen here, just like Jeremiah does. Mm. I think that there might be some more internal conversations about Murray being the better player. That being said, I don't think either of them gets a 28. And I think the only realistic chance that the Ravens have at either Murray or Queen is going to be at about 25 or 26 in a trade-up scenario. Um, But again, I, I think the point here to me and the thing that surprised me about this or the thing maybe that doesn't surprise me, but that I see with some of these mocks Mel Kuyper has been talking about Patrick Queen going to the Ravens since day one. Um, so to have him take the Ravens taking Patrick Queen in this kind of fourth version of this draft to me says that he thinks or wants Patrick Queen on the Ravens more than he thinks that it's actually going to happen. Yeah, I, I might be wrong about this, but I think he's had the Ravens taking Queen in every single one of his mock drafts. I think that's right. <laughs> I don't know that to be true, but that, but that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make here sometimes yeah. is that you want to see certain pegs in certain holes. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Bound is a guy that, that the Patriots are going to love. Um, he fits there just like he fits with the Ravens. And Queen's a guy that would fit in with the Ravens really well too. Um, but I think both these picks are more visionary. I'd like to see them in these spots. Um, but if Queen goes before Bound in this draft, um, I will buy somebody a beer that's willing to make that bet. <laughs> Um, well, we could talk about that later off air. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So I thought the next really interesting draft pick here, maybe not surprising draft pick, but it's something that is fascinating on a lot of levels is the first running back coming off the board at pick 32 to Kansas city. And that's Deandre Swift out of Georgia. Um, I think most people think that Swift is a first round talent, but just because of the nature of the running back position and how it's been devalued. I think a lot of people have them going in the second round mostly. Um, but I think Kansas City's in an interesting position here because they don't have any huge glaring needs on the roster, maybe cornerback, maybe some help at linebacker. Um, but you can hit, hit those later potentially in this draft as well. And Swift could be a dynamic weapon in their offense. You know, they've kind of had a patchwork running back group over the past two seasons and it's worked for them but you put a guy like swift in there who's just a dynamic you know runner he's a dynamic pass catcher i think their offense could be incredibly scary with him yeah i think that's a really i I mean the the chiefs are in an interesting position in the same way that the ravens are right which is that they get an opportunity to pick a guy that could make a really big upside impact in year one if they really wanted to make that kind of pick um, I think that's a really interesting question for these teams that don't have a lot of questions, right? Which is, do you want to take a guy that's got upside that's going to put value onto the field for you in the 2020 season? Or are you willing to take a chance on a project like Denzel Mims, right? That is like, you know, it seems like he's going to need some work in his game. But if he can get it together, his upside is going to be huge. Um, a guy like Ipanisa is also still on the board here, right? Like he could be an absolute home run in this pick. Um, you know, you mentioned that they have needs a quarterback and kind of other things you're going to see down the way. Um, but I could also see them, you know, 
I could I could see the Chiefs doing something crazy and taking a guy like Hamler or taking another speedster that they could just just line up four speedy guys on the field the entire time and just be just a track meet all out all the time um, and totally put pressure on offenses or defenses when they'd be doing that. Um, so the Chiefs are just it's a really dynamic and interesting spot where they get to make a pick here. Yeah, and after I thought about this. I kind of thought, you know, maybe the Ravens could take Swift at 28. Like, would that be the worst thing in the world? Like you said, they have a good roster. They have good running backs. They don't have great running backs. A player like Swift could be, you know, a real game changer for the Ravens offense too. I don't think that's where I would want to go in the first round, but maybe if you trade back and get him in the early second, I think I could be talked into it. I, You know, the reason... I think it might be possible <laughs> is because I don't think that there's been very much smoke around the Ravens and Swift. Um, and it seems like if the Ravens really wanted to try and maximize some value out of what they could trade out of that pick, that there'd be more buzz and more leaks about the Ravens interest in a guy like that with that pick. There's been some, but it's been pretty limited. Right. And if they think the team's like, the Packers or the Chiefs or, you know, whoever, the Colts, the Lions, like kind of as you go back down that list behind who's picking next from the Ravens, and they thought there was a legit chance that one of those teams would trade up because they thought they'd take Swift, I think you'd hear a lot more buzz out of the Ravens kind of front office. They thought that he's a fit. He's a guy they want to take, yada, yada, yada. Um, And so that's the only reason I'm a little less inclined to think the Ravens make a pick like that. But I think it could be really interesting. I mean, you can use decent catch running backs out of the slot. The Ravens use a lot of variability in their def- offense. They, they they kind of show a lot of looks. It's something they could do. Yeah, and Gus Edwards is in the last year's contract. Mark Ingram has two years left, but he's 30 years old. Um, how much does he really have left in the tank? Um, we don't know if Justice Hill is somebody who can be anything more than a gadget kind of player at this point. So, I mean, there's potential to get a guy later in the round, in the mid rounds that could be very impactful. But I think you have to think about taking a guy in the first round if you have, you know, a very high grade on him. I, don't, I mean, I don't know how the Ravens grade out these running backs, but it's something to consider. I'd be shocked if the Chiefs took Swift, though. Um, and I think the Ravens might be on the same page about that. Um, they've got much more needs and Damian Williams is a legitimate running back. I think like when he's healthy, he can give them what they need out of that position. So it would just really surprise me if that ended up being their pick. Yeah. Well, um, we'll see if the running back goes in the first round, I would probably bet on the, uh, no, but, um, moving on to the second round of this mock draft, one of the picks that really stood out to me was Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame, who we talked about in the wide receiver pod um has uh, Kuiper has him going at 40 overall which seems like really high to me and I know he's a really fascinating like athlete like who jumps out of the gym and ran a 4-4 it's great size his production was pretty good but he doesn't have some of like the natural kind of wide receiver traits you would necessarily look for do you think this is Kuiper projecting him as a tight end and him saying this is the best tight end in the class? I mean, it's fascinating, right? Because the Jets don't have a wide, uh, don't have a tight end, right? Um, and and have some needs a wide receiver to begin with. So yeah. you know that it's a legitimate question. But they've got him ahead of Hamler. He's got him ahead of Raycor. He's got him ahead of Pittman. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'd just be really surprised if that ends up being the route that, that they end up going. Um, but it does beg the question, is Claypool a riser? You know, he's a guy I really liked. He's hugely and immensely physical um, and a tweener wide receiver tight end. You don't see a lot of those, right? Um, and we, you know, we, we've heard about Gronk coming back to play with Brady. Um, you know, if he can be a physical specimen like that and still catch the ball, those are, those are very real questions for them. Yeah, I think it would be fascinating to see what where he goes. Um, I don't know if if Piper's hearing things from the NFL about him as you know a potential guy that goes in the top fifty. It'll be interesting to see. I think he's more of a you know a third round player in my opinion, because um, I think there's too many questions, especially if you're thinking to transition into tight end. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and to me, it's the question of, um, and this is the last pick that we're going to talk about that stood out to me is is a team going to trade up for Claypool because they're the really they're really the guy that they like, right? Yeah. And when you see Hamler and Ragor and Pittman being drafted behind him, then maybe Claypool can get taken before them because somebody wants to get up in front of that run. Um, and then his draft pick gets taken like that. But um, I would be really surprised to see the Ravens take Jalen Ragor over Michael Pittman. Um, Michael Pittman strikes me as a guy that would fit much better into this offense. He uh, at, And the value of Michael Pittman at 56 in terms of where people are talking about what he's capable of, capable of doing. Um, it just really see, be a surprise for me if Pittman went after pick 40, let alone after pick 50. Yeah. I, I think that Pittman is, is more of a top 50 player. Um, but I also think Rager's a top 50 player. I mean, I would have both of them going ahead of Claypool if, if you consider Claypool a wide receiver. I mean, personally, I have them both rated higher than Ayuk. I know you have him, you know, you like Ayuk more, but I think that also just goes to show you how much, you know, people differ in terms of their opinions on the wide receivers in this class. Um, but I, th- I think Rager would be an interesting fit with the Ravens. He's, I mean, I don't think we had a chance to really talk about him in our wide receiver pod, but he is a dynamic return specialist, um, probably the best punt returner outside of um, Waddle at Alabama in the country. Um, he's just a very explosive, quick twitch kind of guy. Um, he can be used as like an offensive weapon a little bit, um, used on jet sweeps, that kind of thing. He's more like physical than like your Hollywood Brown. Um, and just fast. I, I, he did that... Um, I don't know if you saw, but he had like a, a pro day, which I put in quotation air quotation marks. But he's they clocked him at a four two eight or four two nine as pro day. Um, I'm not how sure how accurate that is, but he looks like a four three guy on film. And I think he ran in the high four fours of the combine. That seemed a little slow for what his game film looked like. So I think in the four threes is probably more close to what he is in terms of his true speed. So maybe at fifty five, you can see the Ravens saying. We can put all the speed on the field, and we can use them in all these different ways. He can be a deep threat. He can be a jet sweep guy. He can be a short crosser guy, you know, wide receiver screen, all these different things. And you have all these offensive weapons. You can scheme them open with Lamar Jackson, RPOs. I, I think there is a, an interesting world where, where, where uh, Rager is, is a very um, good uh, player on the Ravens offense. All right, everybody. Well, that's our take on Kuiper's first two rounds of the draft. We're going to take a look at Gabe's mock draft next. Um, But thanks for listening in to our digital um, short podcast here. And um, we'll get into Gabe's mock draft where you can check it out at BaltimoreSourceInLife.com.